and boom goes the dynamite. What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Tuesday, October 4th. On to week five, man. It's the second quarter of the NFL season, and I always try to view the season like an NFL game. We know that a lot of things that happen in the first quarter of the game aren't reflective of what we see in the second or the third or the fourth quarter, and that's very true for the NFL season. Sometimes teams are big-time juggernauts in September, and those teams don't end up being very good the rest of the year. Sometimes teams suck. One and three, oh and four coming out of the first month of the season. And those are the teams you got to watch out for. I mean, last year, one of my home leagues, a team was legit oh and four. They steamrolled the playoffs because they, you know, all, all they did is they got in and they got hot with Joe Burrow. And a big part of that is working the waiver wire. So today on this podcast, we're going to break it down for you. Waiver wire rankings, which of course you can get over at FTN Fantasy. Dot com. Remember, use that promo code RATPACK. Get yourself 20% off. That also works at FTN Daily. If you are somebody who likes to dabble in the world of DFS, our NBA presale is going on right now. You get a little early bird price action and get a discount on top of it with the promo code RATPACK. Go hook it up. All right, so like we always do, I'll give you the waiver wire rankings. Obviously, this is a very interesting week because the running back position was significantly impacted. Not only Javante Williams, but also Cordero Patterson. So we'll talk there. I'll give you the fab percentages. I'll also adjust it when we get deeper for the quarterbacks for your super flex leagues. Then we'll talk about some guys who I'm not going to be picking up. My hard passes, my hold list, my cut list, and the defenses we're streaming this week. We're going to start at the top, and it is not a running back. In fact, the top two guys are are both wide receivers, Romeo Dobbs and George Pickens. Now, Dobbs may not be available, especially if you play on Yahoo. He's 69, nice, percent owned on Yahoo right now. Uh, But he's rostered in under half of ESPN leagues, so Dobbs may still be out there. I go 25% on him. Not going any more than that because I still do think that Alan Lazard is the top target. But Dobbs has scored in back-to-back games. He targets in each of those games. He's looking, you know, like he has kind of gotten himself into Aaron Rodgers' good graces. And that's even with a fumble to start the game last week, by the way. Uh, George Pickens, 15 to 20%. This one is, it just shows you how fickle fantasy football is. Because with Mitchell Trubisky under center, I wanted nothing to do with Pickens. Pickens was not being looked at. Trubisky essentially only looked at Deontay Johnson. And then you get the rookie in, Kenny Pickett, and all of a sudden George Pickens looks like he's not the number one. It's still going to be Deontay Johnson, but he's like almost a 1A after one week. Now, granted, things can change, but I love the ceiling of the rookie with the other rookie on the field. We didn't know that Pickett was going to take over. I'm glad he did, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, So the fickleness of fantasy football, uh, oh boy. All right, let's talk some running backs. Now, it is not one of the running backs impacted by injury, though, who's at the top of my list. The top pickup for me at running back, number three overall on waiver wire rankings, is Raheem Mostert. Going 10%, I'm not going overboard, but it's the fact that he's out-snapped Chase Edmonds each of the last two weeks. He out-touched him 17-7 last week. Really has emerged as a top back in that backfield. Yes, it'll still be a timeshare. Yes, we still have to be concerned with Chase Edmonds in the red zone. But I love that run scheme. I love the run game. I'm really digging Raheem Mostert here. And uh, 
you know, want to be using him. So Raheem Mostert uh, will be 10%. He'll be ahead of these guys impacted by injury, but the next guy up is somebody impacted by injury. And I should say this, if for some reason Melvin Gordon is available, if for some reason he's available, he's arguably ahead of Dobbs because he will be the lead back. Now, granted, he came into last week injured. The fumble early didn't help, but after Williams went out, Gordon played a lot. So it's really key to know here. But he's not on this list because he's over 70% rostered across the, the major platforms. So Mike Boone, 10%. All right, the team did sign Latavius Murray off the practice squad for New Orleans. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes here. But I do think this is going to be a timeshare with Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone. And not just a, oh, Melvin Gordon all of a sudden gets 80% of the touches. No, I think it's like 55-45. Maybe 60-40, but Boone is going to be involved, especially in the passing game here. He'll get a bulk of Javante Williams' touches, believe it or not. So that is really solid, at least out of the gate. Now, it doesn't mean he sticks in that role. And it also doesn't mean that Gordon or Boone get the goal line work. That could be Latavius Murray, which, of course, if that happens, phenomenal. Effing phenomenal. But I'm still going to spend 10% on Boone. Uh, he may go for more than this, but I, I, I think the way to play this week is to not go overboard on any one of these backs and instead have a bunch of bids right around 10% on all of them and you're going to get one of them. So the next guy on the list is Tyler Algier. Cordero Patterson is going to be on injured reserve for the next four weeks at least. Opportunity knocks here for Algier. He had 84 yards on 10 carries. Now half of them came on a 42-yard run. His two biggest runs of the game came on the same exact play, play call. Uh, they, um, yeah, they ran it like to the outside, got around the edge on the 42 yarder. He looks solid. He's a bigger back. He can handle a large workload. He did that at, at BYU. Reminds me a lot of, uh, of Jamal Williams, another BYU product. And if you followed me straight on through fantasy draft season, chances are you drafted Tyler Algier in like the 11th round. Cause I was definitely high on him there. Because of the opportunity, not because I think he's like a world beater. He's not. I mean, he's a day three pick. But there's now opportunity here on this depth chart. I will talk about the deeper guys, though, down the list. Because there's you know there's three Falcons running backs on this week's waiver wire rankings. Uh, Brian Robinson, 10%. If he is out there, I'm ha- so happy that he's going to get back on the field. We don't know exactly how he'll be used from the gate. We know there was so much more momentum before that attempted carjacking and shooting took place for Brian Robinson, but we don't know where he's going to be in terms of the commander's run game going forward. So that's why I'm not going overboard here. And I do think there's a very real possibility that we're going to see a full-blown committee, just straight-up committee, which means you know three, three backs on the field. Uh, for this team, not at the same time, but you know, during the course of a game. So that's why I'm not going overboard there. Uh, all right, Michael Gallup, 7%. Returned to the field, caught the touchdown. The thing about it is it isn't even the touchdown that I'm encouraged by. It's the fact that he ran 23 routes. That was two more routes than Noah Brown. So his arrow is pointing up, especially with Dak. Dak may not be back this week, but almost certainly will be back by next week. Isaiah McKenzie, 7%. Now, I should preface this. He is in the concussion protocol. But the reason why he's intriguing 
uh, is because Jamison Crowder out with a broken ankle, and that's that's going to be a lengthy recovery there. I don't think it's season-ending for Crowder, but it's going to take some time for him to get back uh, if it isn't season-ending. So that means that where we were kind of in a nebulous place with McKenzie, where we didn't quite know if he was the number three or you know both of them were the number three, like he's going to be the number three. And I'll talk about Khalil Shakir in a moment, but a solid role for him. He's obviously a Josh Allen favorite. 15 targets over the last two weeks. He scored in three of four games. Not a bad pickup here. Again, not going overboard on pricing on any of these guys. I don't think this is the week to spend like crazy, but it is the week where you could possibly get some, you know, budget-friendly help for your rosters. Uh, David Njoku, 7%. Uh, one week can be a fluke. Two weeks is a trend. Njoku has uh, been... Pretty darn solid the last two weeks here. 17 targets over that span. High volume at a position of need. Naeem Hines, 5%. Okay, so let elephant out, uh, out of the way first. Elephant in the room out of the way. He is not the, uh, the handcuff to Jonathan Taylor, okay? He just isn't going to get 20 carries or, or something like that if Taylor doesn't play. And we don't know exactly if Taylor is going to play or not. He just he hasn't practiced yet this week. Now, granted, they're, uh, they're implied practice reports. They're not actual actually practicing on a Monday or a Tuesday, but he's in a walking boot. It doesn't sound good. So I would expect a slight uptick in uh, his usage, his being Heinz usage. Just a slight uptick. So two or three extra carries. He will be involved in the passing game. He will be useful if you don't have Jonathan Taylor, but we're going to see Philip Lindsay. We will see Deion Jackson. It's not a straightforward Alexander Madison situation where, okay, Dalvin Cook's out, Alexander Madison gets all the work. Hines isn't getting all the work. Philip Lindsay certainly isn't getting all the work if he's called up from the practice squad, but Hines is the best bet of the bunch. But only going 5% on him, he's a rental play. Rashad White, 5%. Okay, the advice all along has been, if you have Leonard Fournette, you should pick up Rashad White. Well, that is not the advice any longer. Even if you don't have Leonard Fournette, Rashad White is an ad that's why he's at 5%. The snap count is inching closer to Fournette. 23 snaps for White this past week. Uh, that was 35 for Fournette. It's not like Fournette was out there for 50. So that is an interesting indicator. Now, there could be a one-off here, and maybe you don't have any independent value with White. Maybe you get a little bit of independent value, and then you get that lightning in a bottle potential too if Fournette goes down if you don't roster Fournette. Uh, top quarterback on the board for me this week at number 12, Jared Goff, 5%. The surrounding cast is pretty solid. He's going to get Jameson Williams back here soon as well. Uh, and the schedule has been pretty darn good. 11 passing scores over the first month of the season. He's not a set and forget. Don't just look at the first month of production and think, oh my God, Jared Goff is a top 10 dude. No, we're not there. But he is a premium streamer here. He's going to have top 12 appeal in the right matchups. Number 13, Robert Woods, 5%. Traylon Burks has turf toe. He's not going to have surgery, but, man, that could be a nasty injury. Burks is going to miss some time, so Woods slides up into the fringe wide receiver three conversation. Devin, Devin Duvernay, 3%. Rashad Bateman's got a foot issue, a midfoot injury, which sounds like a foot sprain. If it's Usually that's what a midfoot issue is. If he misses any time, Duvernay becomes the number one receiver. Of course, it's a run-heavy offense. That's the problem with Robert Woods as well. Tennessee's a run-heavy offense. But 
you know, you start to get a little bit deeper. I'm not talking you 10 team leaders. I'm not talking you 12 team leaders with four bench spots. I'm talking, you know, you got six, seven, eight bench spots in a 12 team league. You need to start rostering guys like this, you know, at this time of year as we're, we're heading into the bye weeks. Uh, Josh Reynolds, 3%, 15 catches on 18 targets over the last two weeks. With numbers like that, you'd think I'd be higher, but as I just mentioned, Jamison Williams should be back on the field here soon. And, um, you know, that means we don't know exactly what Reynolds' role will be, but I'm going to chuck a few dollars at him uh, in deeper leagues. Corey Davis, 3%. Could be a one-week thing. Zach Wilson loved him last year. He was his favorite target this past week. Seven targets for Corey Davis, so I'm going to chuck a few dollars at him. Geno Smith, 3%. The Geno train is rolling, man. 300 passing yards in back-to-back games, two scores in each of those games. He's on the same page with Tyler Lockett, with DK Metcalf. He's a streamer going forward, uh, as crazy as that is, and he should be rostered across the board in two quarterback leagues. Latavius Murray at 18. Now, I originally had him further down. I was going to have him as a 1% ad, but that changed after Denver signed him. 3% on Latavius Murray. The NFL rule, of course, you can sign players on other teams' practice squads if they're not protected. You have to sign them to your active roster. They only had Divine Zigbo on their practice squad, so they went and opted for Latavius Murray instead. Murray will be the number three out of the gate. He is not the number one or two. He will be the number three out of the gate. However, that could change. So if you're in a deeper league where your waiver wire is picked over, Latavius Murray is not a bad ad this week uh, for sure. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 2%. You know, he had some quiet weeks. He had nine targets last week. I think it's just going to be up and down with Peoples-Jones, so he's a deeper ad. Rondell Moore, 2%. Didn't do anything last week, but ran 31 routes. That's as many routes as Marquise Brown. Alec Pierce, 2%. Getting that upside, baby. Four catches for 80 yards. Had six targets against the Titans. Jimmy Garoppolo and Jameis Winston are my two streamers this week at 22 and 23. Garoppolo wasn't fantastic, but he didn't really need to be against the Rams. He is in play as a streamer against the Panthers. He was widely dropped last week, by the way. And then Jameis Winston, if he's healthy. Now, obviously, he wasn't healthy enough to play this past week. But, man, if he's healthy... He gets Seattle. Such a fun matchup right there. So Jameis would be in play. Zach Wilson, 2%. Was not spectacular, but he was a top 12 fantasy play this week. It helps when you catch a touchdown. In deep one quarterback leagues, he's addable. In Superflex, if he's somehow still available, 25 to 50% in Superflex because you're getting a guy who's going to be a starter the rest of the season. 25, Kenny Pickett. He will be the starter going forward. That makes him one of the top ads in Superflex. I'd go 30 to 40% of Fab on him. It's really tough when you, you know, to get a guy who's going to be guaranteed to be the starter for that long, and Pickett is. Teddy Bridgewater, 1%. Two is not going to play. So you get a rental play out of Bridgewater. We don't know how long Tua is going to be out, but I'm not going any more than 5 to 10% on Bridgewater and Superflex. And that's if waivers are picked over. I have Tua, and I'm screwed, right? That's really all I'm doing there. Uh, Khalil Shakir, 1% rookie with the possibility for more reps here with Jameson Crowder out with the broken ankle. Deep league dart. Philip Lindsay, 1%. He's on the practice squad, but could get some run. <laughs> Deep league had if Jonathan Taylor can't play on Thursday night. Greg Dulcich, 1%. Interesting rookie tight end for Denver, plus receiver. He's a move tight end and drew some praise in the preseason he uh, is angling towards getting back on the field uh, after being on the reserve list here to start the season. 
at 30, Alexander Madison, if you have Dalvin Cook. Just another friendly reminder. I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, unless you're in one of those silly short bench leagues, you really should be rostering Alexander Madison. Caleb Huntley and Damian Williams, both 1%, both Atlanta backs. Huntley got signed to the active roster. He'll be, uh, he he's behind, way behind Algier in terms of preference, but he will be used here going forward. He did, you know, he scored the touchdown last week, okay. Uh, but he'll be used. And then Damian Williams won't be used this week because he's on injured reserve, but he's eligible to return next week. He was supposed to be the lead back ahead of Algier to start the season before he got hurt. So that's a sneaky one. You won't be able to use him this week, but you could slide in and grab him on the cheap. And then Bailey Zappi, 1%. Mac Jones dealing with that ankle sprain. Brian Hoyer in the concussion protocol. I'd go 3 to 5% because this is not a bad week to play him. It's a very good matchup for Bailey Zappi. All right, a couple guys where I'm not adding. These are hard passes this week. Taysom Hill. I know people want to add him. Dude played 12 snaps last week. That's unsustainable. I'm not adding Taysom Hill. Will Disley. The numbers look great, but just like Mo Alley Cox, we're using too many tight ends in Seattle. Seattle is using Noah Brown or Noah Fant, Noah Brown. Noah Fant, Colby Parkinson, they're all in the mix. You know, it's just like in Indy where you, you have Jelani Woods. Uh, you have Kylan Granson. There's too many mouths to feed, so the uh, production is not going to be consistent. Uh, Chiga Conquo, hard pass. He had three for 38 and a score. That looks great. He ran four routes. That does not look great. And then Jamal Agnew, I, I, I love him as a player, but really the production this week was the product of Zay Jones not playing. So hard pass on Jamal Agnew. All right, let's move on to the hold list and the cut list for this week. The hold list, I'm holding Ken Walker. and All right, Rashad Penny is clearly the top back. He just went bananas this past week. But if this past week has shown us anything, having this type of player on your bench could pay dividends. Like I don't think there's a chance now that Walker overtakes Penny at at some point here. He's not going to outplay Penny. However... Penny is a player who's no stranger to injury, so I'm just going to stash Ken Walker. Now, granted, if you're in a four-bench spot league, you can't stash Ken Walker. You can't. But if you're six, seven, eight bench spots, I mean, maybe six you can't. Eight you can. So I'm holding him if I can. Michael Carter, sort of the same reason. Brees Hall seems to now be the lead back. But Carter has at least a little bit of independent value, and he is a handcuff in that backfield. Same thing with Chase Edmonds. Raheem Mostert is the lead Edmonds has some independent value because of his red zone usage, and he's got some handcuff value. So those three guys are going to stick around on rosters if I can get away with it. Rashad Bateman, he's a wide receiver three. Now, he is banged up right now. That's beside the point. Wide receiver threes have high ceilings and low floors. So any given week, you could get really either end of that spectrum, and you just have to keep that in mind. Like When a guy doesn't perform when you start him, it is not the end of the world. Right There's always next week, unless, of course, it's a championship game, but especially when we're talking week four, there's always next week, and we have to keep our eye on the bigger picture there. So Rashad Bateman is a hold. Elijah Moore, I want to hold because I want to see what ultimately happens with Zach Wilson under center. Like, what happens? What does this guy do going forward? One week, he looks at like he, he loves Corey Davis, but maybe that's not going to be the case Every week, so I want to hold Elijah Moore at this point. Remember, he did get hot down the stretch last year, and that could always happen again. Dalton Schultz, I know you didn't like that last week, 
But don't do something silly like drop a top 10 fantasy tight end to give to your league, especially at that position. And then finally, Tua Tungavailoa. We don't know exactly when he's going to be back, but we know the ceiling when he's in there. It's enormous. I'm not willing to give up on him and cut bait just yet. I'm going to stream for a couple weeks uh, while we wait for Tua to come back. Now, guys who we will cut, all right, Javante Williams. This sucks. Injuries are the worst part of football. And, man, uh, I wish him the best in his recovery. Can't wait to see him on the field next year. But there's no value in holding on to him unless it's a keeper league. Like a regular redraft league, there's no value whatsoever to holding on to Javante Williams. None. Unfortunately, none. Putting him on your injured reserve spot is only taking up a roster spot that you don't need to use on a player who's not coming back this year. So it sucks. Uh, Justice Hill, you know, there was a chance we could have seen a committee in that backfield the way that John Harbaugh was talking about him last week, but it was pretty clear when the game started, it's Dobbins time. And it happened, and we're good to go now. We're going to use Dobbins. We're going to, you know, push forward and hopefully he scores a bunch of touchdowns and has a great season. Justice Hill, on the other hand, maybe deep handcuff value, but I don't even know there because once Gus Edwards comes back, he'll be the presumed cuff in that backfield. Mitchell Trubisky, we hardly knew you, Mitch. Uh, he's out. Kenny Pickett is in, so there's no value in holding on to Mitchell Trubisky. We're not going to see him unless Pickett gets hurt. Chase Claypool, um, yeah, that was ugly. It was very ugly. Two targets. With George Pickens on the rise, Claypool trending down, I would move on from him if you don't necessarily if you have a better player to add like if you said Isaiah McKenzie or Chase Claypool I'm adding McKenzie and dropping Chase Claypool somebody like that Marcus Mariota he's a streamer and I think you just have to keep that in mind with streamers like it didn't work out last week but there are going to be points where it does work out and with a streamer we don't want to carry that guy on our bench so if we stream Mariota last week we move on from him and we get I don't know Jimmy Garoppolo or friggin Jameis Winston or whatever right then you just move on from the streamer finally Greg Dortch uh Rondale Moore was back and Greg Dortch had one target Rondale Moore ran 31 routes Greg Dortch ran 16 routes I think we got our answer there all right, I wanted to save two players for the very end. Those two players are Allen Robinson and Matthew Stafford. Now, Stafford, I get the frustration. And if you have Stafford, there's nothing wrong with going out and finding a streamer in you know while this team straightens up their issues. Now, they need a field stretcher. They do not have a field stretcher. Opposing defenses are just giving them everything in the short and intermediate. Like, okay, you want to pass the ball to Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby all game long? Go ahead. You're not going to score touchdowns that way. Go ahead. So for now, I'm not willing to kick him to free agency, but I'm not faulting you if you want to stream. Allen Robinson, on the other hand, uh, the the only role he has is as a red zone option, and he's not even converting those for touchdowns. Like, it's not happening. I wanted this to happen because I love Allen Robinson as a player, but he looks like he is in A.J. Green, Julio Jones territory. Like, he looks like he is old now. Unfortunately, and he's four years younger than those dudes, by the way, but he looks like he's up in that territory. It's not working right now. It, maybe it turns around, but we have four games now under our belt. And, you know, again, like Isaiah McKenzie or Allen Robinson, pff, I'm not going Allen Robinson there. I'm going to pick up Isaiah McKenzie. And it could be wrong, but 
for right now, I think we, you know, I think we've seen what we needed to see. All right, your defensive streamers, first and foremost, if you have any of these defenses, you're good. You don't need to make a move. Ready? San Francisco, New Orleans, Buffalo, Tampa, Dallas, Green Bay. All nice matchups. All good defenses, especially love those 49ers after they helped me uh, pull out a victory on Monday night. But all those defenses are good to go. If you And seriously, don't overthink defense. Don't overthink defense. Now, if you need to stream this week, my top streamer is, believe it or not, Jacksonville. They face Houston. Davis Mills averaging an interception per game. Houston struggling to put points on the board, so let's go. Miami against the Jets. Zach Wilson, two interceptions in his uh, debut for the season. Let's keep picking on him for the time being. Minnesota versus Chicago. The Bears averaging 16 points per game, 1.8 giveaways per game. Give me some of the Vikings. Not a good defense, but hey, in the right matchup, even a bad defense can be a good play. Denver against Indianapolis. Now, I think both could be in play here. I actually prefer Denver, though. Uh, the Colts are turning the ball over 2.3 times per game. Finally, Tennessee against Washington. Carson Wentz being sacked 4.3 times per game. The Commanders averaging 1.8 giveaways per game, like that one there as well. If you want the entire list as you set your waivers this evening here on a Waiver Wire Tuesday, go over to ftnfantasy.com. Remember, at ftndaily.com and ftnbets.com, the promo code RATPACK gets you 20% across the board. Go check it out. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. And remember, if you want more podcasts from me, follow the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. I do shows on Wednesday and Friday on that feed and then only on Tuesdays on this feed. So make sure you subscribe to that as well. And uh, I'll catch you on this feed again next Tuesday for another edition of The Waiver Wire. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.